Welcome to Horsing Around, the UK's only podcast dedicated solely to the Detroit Pistons. I'm your host Neil Watson and this is episode 3. So what is up Pistons fans? It is great to have you here on episode 3 of horsing around uh, on what I'm calling Victory Monday. Uh, Always good to have a Victory Monday. Uh, I just want to start off by saying again a a huge, huge thank you to everyone for the the comments and the encouragement that I've had since starting this podcast just a few weeks ago. You know, I really do appreciate it and please continue to spread the word about the podcast it's always great to to have like a have a hobby and something to to look forward to doing and you know I I, I do enjoy uh, this and as much as I might get negative at times I do try and stay incredibly positive and being an optimist when it comes to my sports teams but you know I I do genuinely look forward to this you know I love watching the the Pistons even if they do sometimes disappoint me but that nice transition into um, this past week in Pistons land, um, I've included Jekyll and Hyde Pistons in this week's episode title for a reason. You know, my prediction for last week was that we'd go 1-3 over the four games with a possibility of maybe snatching one of the games against Atlanta to make it 2-2. But I'm not going to lie, I wasn't expecting the 1-3 to pan out quite how it did. You know, first up we had the the Wizards, who I genuinely thought were our best chance of picking up a win. But I was wrong. You know, we hung around in the in the first half, but then we fell apart in the third quarter and we never really got all that close to them again. You know, maybe I think it was about maybe eight or ten points that we got close to them, but it was just a huge disappointment for me. You know, we weren't able to fully capitalise on Bradley Beal being out for what felt like a big chunk of the game. You know, to the point where I was actually super surprised that the Wizards threw him back in there. Even when they were up by a chunk of points and we looked awful. But maybe they were concerned about our Jekyll and Hyde play and might have thought that we could have made a run at them, I don't know but I found it a surprise that they would throw Bradley Beal back in while they were they were winning the game I don't know, I'm not the Wizards coach they obviously know better they got the win but I will give a shout out to Bogdanovich in this game but more on him later you know, I just think that he's such a cool, cool character, smooth dude. You know, nothing seems to, to rattle him. You know, he just looks chilled on the court. You know, he has this, kind of, it's really funny, he has this kind of scowl. Um, but doesn't seem to let it boil over like other players do. It's I, I love it. You know, he seems totally chilled on the court and I love it. Um, but to be honest, there's really not much more 
to be said about that Wizards game other than it was majorly disappointing to to be up till the time that I need to stay up to watch Pistons games. Um, it was super disappointing. You know, our record against them is awful. And that bothers me. You know, we actually made them look good. And as much as I am an optimist when it comes to my sports teams, you know, I was fully preparing myself to end this week and to start this podcast with that we had four losses. Certainly wasn't expecting Victory Monday. Um, I just couldn't see how we were going to get a win over the remaining three games. Which brings me to those two games against Atlanta. Um, you can imagine how I'm feeling as I hear the news that, that Jaden Ivey uh, is going to be out for game one of this short series. You know, you guys know that, you know, I love Killian Hayes. I just keep waiting for him to to break out and <laughs> not disappoint us uh, and disappoint himself. You know, I was immediately thinking that it would be him that would slot into the starting five. Um, so I was quite surprised when I saw Corey Joseph being sl slotted in there. Um, I don't know why I was surprised because I shouldn't have expected Killian to, to just step into the starting five. I don't know, maybe I was letting my, my heart take over my, my brain there, but I was disappointed with Corey Joseph in that game. Uh, not that Killian was particularly great either, but um, but as a side note, and I, and I want this on record as well, I, I love Dwayne Casey. I think that he is a good dude. You know, I think he's probably a really good coach. I like, I like hearing him talk. You know, he... Seems like he, he cares, he's a genuine guy. But his lineups, man, they leave me scratching my head at times. And his inability to change things quickly really does grind my gears. You know, I just feel that sometimes he leaves variations uh, on the court for far too long. And we end up digging this huge hole for ourselves that we aren't able to get back into games because we've allowed a, a particular lineup to dig this huge hole for us that we can't get out of. You know, again, Bogey put up put up points as he as he does, and you know, I loved that Cade was flirting with that triple double, which. Let's look at his stats. You know he's beginning to do that on a nightly basis, which is, which is awesome. Um, so for all of those of, that were calling him a bust, I hope that you've repented of that over this last week, um, as he's really growing into being this leader that we need on the court. If he wants to be this face of the franchise and be the franchise player, which I think he will, I I, I genuinely think that. He will be a superstar in this league, and I and I really hope, yeah, I really hope that that's in Detroit. I really hope it's in Detroit. Who knows? We never know what's going to happen, but I really hope that it's going to be in Detroit that he becomes this league-wide superstar. Um, and as I say, flirting with a a triple double uh, every night is pretty sweet. But I also want to highlight. Trey Young. Trey Young. <laughs> Here we go. 
I get that he is a tricky player to defend. You know, I've watched him for a few years now. I get what he brings. But some of the fouls that are called on him, they blow my mind. He just seems to have this ability, this ability to mesmerise officials into calling fouls that I seem to think he went to Hogwarts. You are a wizard, Trey. You are a wizard. Some of these calls uh, that he gets, and I know that they've changed the rules to try and make it a little bit more physical on the defence, to that we wouldn't have so many soft calls, um, because we've seen it for years. You know, guys like James Harden managed to just pick up fouls by falling over and you know, I'm not saying that that all of the, the fouls that were called um weren't fouls and that, that, that Trey Young's a cheat. I'm not I'm not kinda saying that, but certainly makes the most of some of the contact. And somehow the officials you know, there are just some players in this league that, that seem to get these fouls called and they get to the free throw line. And you know in that particular game, Trey Young shot almost as many free throws as the entire Pistons squad. He was. It felt like he was never off the free throw line. And I'm not saying that that's what swung the, that first game, but it certainly doesn't help. You know, when the scoreboard is what it is and you're relatively close and you're kind of in there. And also don't forget the kind of foul issues, you know, foul troubles and the, the issues that come with that. Free throws matter all the time, but they certainly matter when it's when it when you're close, when you're close. You know, Dwayne Casey after the game, this is what he said, and I, I'm going to quote him. He says, "This was a different team than what we saw last night. It was night and day in terms of execution and effort, but we just had few too many mishaps down the stretch." We have to learn how to close out games. Well, amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> we definitely do. But surely that was something to build up. That was something to build on, right? That we had played better than we did against Washington. Nope. You know, I'm sure that I wasn't the only one who was buzzing to see the teal jerseys. You know, here we go, we're cracking out the, the teal jerseys in that second game against the Hawks. And we had this high scoring first half. And we were hanging around. And I thought, this is okay, it's a kind of back and forth game. And I'm like, I'm okay with this. And then we just crumbled in the second half. And I don't want to keep sounding like a a broken record. You know, I, I don't want to just keep banging on and on and on and on about defence. I don't want to keep talking about the Detroit Pistons defence or lack of it. But at times it was even more than just absolutely awful. It was just non-existent at times. You know, I can I could almost take just missing getting to that guy that takes the shot. You, you almost get there. You know, you're showing effort to get there. 
I can, I can handle that. What I can't handle is guys looking clueless and having no idea where their man is. Or cutting at the back and, and not having a clue where you're going. Switch is not working. It's just not good enough. And I'm sure that there was probably lots of us that were thinking, oh, here we go. The, the good old teal days. But to be honest, and this might be nostalgia, you know, I'll put my hands up, this might be, well, uh, nostalgia, and, you know, we have a tendency to look back with rose-tinted glasses on. But I don't remember those teams necessarily being non-existent on the defensive end of the floor. We weren't great, we weren't awesome, but I don't remember us being non-existent and taking plays off. I might be wrong. As I say, nostalgia has this weird trick of letting us look back with rose-tinted glasses, but, you know, Cade getting into foul trouble didn't help us either. You know, I reckon he probably would have gotten over 40 points in that game if he'd been on the floor a little bit longer, but wasn't to be. But, you know, I dread to think what the end result would have been because we got blown out, guys. We got blown out in that second game. And I dread to think what the result would have been uh, if we didn't have the number of free throws that we actually got to shoot. To talk about free throws again. And we shot them well. We shot them well in that game. So that was that's probably the only um, positive thing that I'm taking away from there. But that leads us into last night when we were playing against the Golden State Warriors who are coming into Detroit on the back of a, an overtime defeat to Charlotte. And despite us all looking real nice in the, the teal jerseys, I was dreading the worst. I'm not going to lie. You know, all the things that were going through my head, I'm thinking, man, Steph's going to be mad. Are we going to be on the receiving end of a a revenge battering by the Warriors. And when the buzzer sounded at the end of that first quarter, I, I was not picturing what was about to happen for the remaining three quarters. You know, that team that had been so awful <laughs> during the week somehow clicked into looking great at times, not throughout the whole game, but at times they look great, you know, proper Jekyll and Hyde. And to be honest, apart from Poole going off on one and somehow channeling his inner Steph Curry by shooting wherever he liked and it just seeming to swish every single time, I felt we did a great job on defence. And we also executed on the other end of the floor. You know, it was great to see us contesting shots and especially close to the basket, you know, blocks and getting bodies uh, in the way. And I, I, I was super impressed, super impressed um, at times in that second half. You know, Cade flirted with that triple-double again. And to be honest, I can't not give a shout-out to Sadiq Bey. Um, who's actually scored more three-pointers than Bogdanovich in that game. And I never, ever thought I would be saying that over these last few games. 
Um, but Sadiq uh, had a great game, uh, so fair play, and I need to uh, give him a shout out when it happens. But overall, an amazing win. Um, it allows us to have a victory Monday. Um, my prediction of winning one out of four uh, did come into being, although probably not quite in the, the fashion that I was expecting it to. Um, almost a kind of reverse uh, of what I was expecting. Uh, the only issue was Jalen Duran's injury for me. That was really the only kind of black mark uh, on the game. And we should find out how serious that actually is at some point today. I really hope that it's that it's not too serious. Um, but as I say, like either the foot or ankle or, or legs, this is he's came down. I, I don't know if he landed in a particular way. Um, I haven't looked look back over it um, but hopefully we'll find out a little bit today um, and hoping that it's not too serious and that he's back in the in the flow sooner rather than later before I get to previewing the games uh, coming up this week it wouldn't be right if I just skipped over the the extension that we've given to Bogdanovic I'm going to read from the ESPN report it says here Detroit Pistons forward Bojan Bogdanovic has agreed on a two-year, $39.1 million contract extension, tying him to the franchise through the 24-25 season. Bogdanovic arrived from the Utah Jazz in a preseason trade and had entered the final year of his contract, earning him $19.5 million. Pistons general manager Troy Weaver acquired Bogdanovic 33, with the intention of signing him to an extension and finalised the deal on Sunday. Bogdanovic already has shown himself to be an excellent floor spacing presence for a young rebuilding, see there's that word again, rebuilding, Pistons roster. He's averaged 23 points on 51.7% field goal percentage in the season's first six games. You know, the thing is, I'd seen numerous tweets and articles uh, that were suggesting that it was a great piece of business by Troy Weaver uh, when he made that trade with Utah because Bogdanovic would be a great asset to have as a potential trade piece that he might come in and we might be able to move him on and get some decent draft picks for next year and maybe the year after. However, for me, the guy is a, a veteran presence in a ridiculously young squad. And, and to be honest, I've loved seeing it. You know, as I said earlier, I love how calm and smooth he is. You know, we're seeing all of this these calls for wanting Draymond Green to come into Detroit. It'd be great, you know, the defence and blah, blah, blah. But sometimes can be too much and Bogdanovich for me it could be a real calming influence on these young guys less of the drama just a calming influence and I'll just say it you know I feel that some Pistons fans need to eventually get away from this fascination with <laughs> hoarding draft picks you know I get that Detroit isn't a, 
a prime location for free agents. But it's never going to be if we keep giving away top talent now for unproven potential in the future. You know, I was over the moon to hear that we'd agreed this extension. And his play, this so far, this season, has shown exactly what I was hoping for before we even opened up against the Orlando Magic. He spaces the floor, he shoots well, he'll allow others to get involved, and he has this ability to put up at least 20 points on his own each and every night. You know, I'm happy that he's going to be with us for this next chapter of, I'll use ESPN's word, rebuild. But this development of the team. And the thing is, at 40 million, it's over two years, it's, it's not too big a hit on the cap for someone who brings what he does. And that cap's going to be going up. And it'll still have some space for some new recruits in the, the off-season. I don't know what'll happen there, but we've got a bit of wriggle room there. And who knows? But let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. You know, have we made a mistake? You know, we've certainly made mistakes in the past when it comes to uh, contracts, but is that what you think? Do you think we've made a mistake here? Should we have went with what other people were suggesting? Should we have maybe looked to move him on, pick up some some draft picks in, in, in a trade of some sort? Who knows? Um, but let me know. Send me a tweet. Let me know what your thoughts are on it. It's always nice to hear uh, other people's opinions. So, yeah, let me know. Um, well, we look forward to this coming week. Um, and we'll have three games before uh, the next episode of Horsing Around. And we've got two games in Milwaukee against the Bucks, And then we have the Cavs at home. Not going to lie, I think this is going to be one of the shortest previews uh, that I'll do because, to be honest, I don't really hold out much hope <laughs> of winning any of these games. But with the Jekyll and Hyde nature of our team, who actually knows anymore? You know, which Detroit Pistons team will show up in Milwaukee? Will it be the one that, that looks like they can defend and score the basket or is it going to be the one that looks like they have no idea what the heck they're doing um, on the defensive end of the floor it's absolutely anybody's guess which Pistons team will turn up but I'll tell you what is a given and that is we know which Bucks team will turn up you know you don't get to be the only team in the league with a 100% record going into week 3 if you don't know what you're doing you know they're a good good team and, you know, just as I've been thinking about it, thinking about uh, coming up against the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, I've fast-forwarded a few years uh, and how awesome it's going to be to see Janice come up against uh, a second or a third year Jalen Duran. Just to, just imagine that. Just take a, a moment to, to think about it. That is something that, that I'm looking forward to immensely but that's a little bit down the line and let's look at the matter at hand I just fail to see how we come out of these games with a win 
But what I do want to see, what I want to see is the same kind of effort that we saw last night. You know, never given anything easy. We can test shots strongly. You know, we get bodies uh, in there, especially in the paint. We want to make sure that there's nothing um, given away too easy. And I'm aware that that'll be difficult against the Bucks. But all we can really ask for is effort. You know, at the, the bare minimum of what we look for is effort. You know, where nobody takes any plays off and we just wait and we see where the chips fall. You know, if you put in maximum effort, then you can come off the court and say, look, we just got beat by a better team. And that's okay. That's okay. That's all we can ask for is maximum effort. And we'll see what happens. But what about Cleveland as we welcome them to Little Caesars? Well, given that they're a 5-1 and one team, <laughs> they clearly aren't any slouches either. And the thing is, I'm going to be brutally honest here. I have, I have slept big time on Cleveland over the last wee while. I hadn't actually realised what they had put together over there. Yeah, I'd kind of taken my eye off the ball a little bit with them. Um, hadn't really paid much attention to them. And to be honest, any team that adds Donovan Mitchell to their squad, we're going to make yeah a, a big splash. You know, they were going to become better. Um, and yeah, so that, so Cleveland have been a surprise to me. Um, I haven't seen any of their games. Um, I caught a couple of the highlights uh, packages, but I've never actually watched an entire game yet. So I, I'm not speaking from a place of great knowledge, but any team that had Donovan Mitchell added to them were going to be decent. So they've got a couple of tough games before coming into Detroit. They'll be playing against New York and uh, Boston. Um, we've got tough games against Milwaukee. Um, so it will be interesting to see if there is any kind of roster management leading uh, into this game uh, either by Casey or uh, by the Cavs coaches it's probably a bit too early in the season for for that sort of thing to be happening but uh, who knows we just never know but unfortunately as I say my prediction for week three of this season is that the Pistons will go uh, 0-3 um, but who knows we might get the the good Detroit Pistons at some point this week, and I will be more than happy to be wrong in my predictions this week. Um, and would love it if we could uh, pick up a win uh, in that that little stretch. But I'm going to close out uh, this episode, and again, I just want to say a huge thank you to you for for listening. You know, I really do appreciate it. And um, remember to subscribe to the podcast. Um, at whatever podcast provider you use um, and while you're at it um, do go over and give our twitter a follow um, at horse around pod uh, or if you're on facebook there is a facebook page i think i'm the only person that that has liked the facebook page uh, at the moment so um, obviously that's not i've not really promoted it too much either but uh, if you're over there go and give it a, a like um, it would also be super helpful if you could 
spread the word about this podcast as well. Um, please do get in touch via Twitter. You know, I'd really love to to build an audience that that I can interact with. Um, I just love talking uh, Pistons basketball, um, and I'd love to be able to do that with other people uh, from all over. So if you're over on Twitter, um, you know, reach out. Uh, I, I do do look forward to uh, having those chats. So until next time, I'm Neil Watson, and this has been episode three of Horsing Around the UK's only weekly podcast dedicated to... Beach!